Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff-Zachary. And we're your hosts on this zany adventure. We are. And this episode of Mimesis is sponsored by author Susan Burdorf, who is an incredibly talented author and also probably one of the nicest people on the entire planet. So yes. If you're looking for some contemporary romance books to read, sweet romance, uh, she's she's your gal. Look her up on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And she sold these really awesome crowns at OUAB. And oh my <laughs> let gosh. me tell you, my daughter is so happy that she got one. Did you get one? I did not. Oh, see. She only had gold left and I'm not a gold person. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me and both of my girls, we all got crowns. Yeah. They were very pretty. And she's going to come to Once Upon a Book next year here in Florida. Yes. And she's going to be selling her crowns there, too. She's already starting to stockpile for that event. So awesome. you'll be able to stop by her table and get good books and pretty crowns. And that's and pretty crowns. That's yes. the dream right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And if there's anyone listening who, you know, you have a business or you're an author or artist of any kind and you want to become a sponsor of an episode, we have those opportunities available for you. Yes. You can get a shout out here on the show. Uh, Sandra, how can the people find out about that? Uh, you can go on our link in our Facebook page at Mimesis on Facebook page. I, I am so tired right now. <laughs> hitting me um go to our facebook page there is a google document that you fill out and it's not just for our podcast it's for our podcast network so you can tell us like kind of what you want like we'll fit you with the best podcast tell us what you want what you really really want yes <laughs> i love the spice girls i know right Although that line in the song where it says, if, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. That's no. pretty much the opposite way of how to be my lover. Don't get with my friends. That's exactly. not cool. <laughs> That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> um, what other business do we have? Um, we have our tip jar up. If anyone yes. wants to show some support through the show in any kind of way, help us grow our, our fun little adventure here. Yes. And we help would us love get that little things to <laughs> gift you guys yeah <laughs> and um, we also have and soundproofing yeah yeah i would also like a new microphone yeah same girl same <laughs> um, we have a wish list so help us out if you could we do we can post that link too yes too. we also have some really cute t-shirts available Yes, we do. They are $25 a piece, and those are also going to be posted on our social medias. Very cool. I have one. Yeah. I love it. I you know love really mine. know what's really cute? You know that Tumblr that you made for me, the Mimesis yeah. Tumblr? My husband's been taking it to work with him every day so that I he can- I saw that when I was there. Isn't that <laughs> adorable? I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> he's been showing his support because he's the cutest. Yeah. Speaking of the cutest, I don't like you. I think my <laughs> husband doesn't like you. <laughs> Why doesn't he like me? I thought everybody oh. was going to be in love. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. 
Um, last episode, I was talking about the new addition to our family, Little Miss Bowie. Yes. And apparently getting a kitten is contagious because yes. you we guys know. have Bowie's brother at your yep. house now. Yep. What Still name? arguing about names. Yeah. Chester just makes me think of Cheeto. You I know, but it's him. more Chester Bennington. Like, doesn't Lincoln matter. Park. It's a cat. His name is Chester. Everyone's going to think Chester Cheeto. I know. <laughs> See, that's where I like Floyd. Floyd is adorable. I know. And I totally just headbutted my mic. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> um, Floyd, so anybody listening to this episode, I want you to give us your opinion. Yeah. What do you think is a cuter name for their new kitten, Chester or Floyd? It has to be a Floyd. rock name. And if that's the two names, Chester yes. or either Floyd. Chester or Floyd, which one do you like better? Yeah. He's um he's a tiger, long hair tiger kitty. Yes, he looks almost identical to Bowie, except for he has longer hair. Yes. So yeah. how is he? How's the adjustment going? It's going really good. The first night was a little interesting because he woke up a few times, but it was more because Evan could not sleep. Okay. Evan was up at 11 and 2 and 4. Now, where is Having, where is Floyd Chester sleeping? Uh, in our bedroom. Okay. Is he cuddly? Yes. <laughs> he likes to cuddle with Scott. He is Aww. definitely Scott's cat. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to know Scott told me that was going to happen. He was like, oh, I yeah. don't know why everybody in the house is, you know, saying it's going to be their cat. It's going to be mine. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it definitely is. Like his side of the bed, his pillow, and I'm like, that's okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's How- doing really good. The dogs don't like him at all. Really? Kaiser does. Lex wants to eat him. We were struggling with Cerberus for a while. He was like, he was giving the cat the murder stare and he did lunge for for her a couple times. So I had a day because I know my boy and he is very food motivated. So I had a day when anytime he was near the kitten, you know, just, you know, walked by her, I would tell him he was a good boy. I'd go get him treats and I'd feed him treats really close to the kitten so that he, you know, knew every time he was near her and being good that he got treats. So we had one full day where he was like, he would purposely hunt down the kitten just to stand next to her so he could get a treat. Yeah. Um, And he's doing a lot better. Like earlier today, he was laying on the kitchen floor and she ran right by his head. And I mean, he lifted his head, but that was it. He, he didn't yeah. do anything. So, yeah, we tried doing that for a couple hours and it still didn't work. No. Lex lunged quite a bit. <laughs> so you guys just keep it up separate or? Yes, for now. We're going to try again a couple days. We've been like, we have like a blanket, two blankets that we're switching back and forth. Okay. To get the sense. Kind of like you do with a new baby and animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that way the dog is used to the cat smell. The cat's, the cat is used to the dog smell. Just switching it back and forth. Um, like I brought her out. Him. I keep saying her because she looks. He just looks like a her. But <laughs> brought him out out of the bedroom and put him into Evan's room today for a okay. little bit. And he's very timid. <laughs> He's still getting used to the smells. Okay. So it was like he only lasted in there for about an hour. And he's like, I need my space. Okay. So it's so funny to me that he's timid because Bowie 
is not. Bowie yeah. is like, I want to explore the entire house. Um, I'm going to get into everything. Like she's, she's fearless. She's absolutely. Oh, no. he, is, he is so good and he does not get into anything. Like he just wants his little spot. That's all. Like his little cat condo thing. He's good on that. That is so funny to me. Yeah. She was sound asleep on the couch yesterday and I have, Okay, no one else but you that's listening to this has ever been in my house. But I have, you know, that copper like lantern thing I have in my living room that has a mason jar in it. Yeah. I put some fake flowers in that just the other day. And her favorite game is to stand on top of the lantern and knock the fake flowers out of the mason jar. (laughs) She was sound asleep on the couch and I put the fake flowers back into the mason jar and just the sound of them dropping in there like her head popped up and she immediately scampered over so she could knock them back out. <laughs> That's really cute. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm just going to leave them where they are. Oh, like he, he meow, meows and you can't hear it. Aww. Like there's like no sound that comes out. Aww. He's. Does he meow aloud? Is he a talker? No. Oh my gosh. No, not at all. Even when he's hungry? Even when he's hungry. Oh my gosh. He's, he's they just, look alike. Their personalities are totally, but they're both so cuddly different. because she's yes. really cuddly too. Very, very cuddly. Like I have a picture of her, him. Oh my gosh. See, I did it again. Him yeah. up on my shoulder. I think it's because he reminds me of the cat that I had for a quick month when my mom moved in and moved out really quick and whatnot. Her name was Chippy, and he looks identical to her. Okay. So it's where I keep messing up. Yeah. And the C name. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's C? Chippy and Chep. It, it's too confusing for you. You uh-huh. need Floyd. You need Floyd. Yep. yep. So, yes, those are our kitty adventures. Do we have any yes. other business or life stuff to discuss? I don't think so. Uh, Yeah, we're going to Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. We're going to Dragon Con at the end of August, beginning of September in Atlanta, Georgia. So about a month away right now. Yes. I did find out I'm going to be on another panel. Another one? Uh, Is this one uh, Outlander too? No, I've got two about Outlander I'm going to be on. And I have a Marvel Universe panel I'm going to be about best friends in the Marvel Universe. Awesome. so far, the things that I love that I get to talk about at the at Dragon Con are Outlander and Marvel. So your girl yeah. is happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this excited. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So if yeah. you uh, are in the Atlanta area or traveling to Dragon Con, come find us. Yes. There's a good chance we'll have uh, Mamisa stickers because I keep saying I'm going to bring them to events and I keep forgetting them. <laughs> keep so forgetting them. we're never yeah. going to run out if I keep forgetting to bring them places. Never. So, are we ready to get down to it? Yes. I was able to get the library book, and I got as far as she went missing. Mm. <laughs> I'm really mad. I am going to ruin closer. some shit for you. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm upset that I didn't get further, but I have deadlines that I have to meet. Or somebody's gonna kick my ass. So. Hi, I'm someone. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> I've been trying not to like hound you about like how's the audiobook editing going because I know you're busy, but I'm you know I'm trying to be it's, good. Okay, it's all done. Okay, 
So now it's, I have to listen to it all. Okay. So that I can't listen and read at the same time. No. I have no. to focus just on listening. That's, so, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So that means I need yeah. to get to the, with the cover artist and drop her a reminder that, hey, we need the audiobook cover. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'll do that. Because then as soon as I get through the listen, it's available. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's right. So the audiobook of the Journals of Octavia Hollows, narrated by me and written by me, will be available soon. And yes. it's a huge endeavor, but yes, I'm proud is. of us. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I really am. (laughs) Listening to it in the car was very much like, this is, I have the author sitting next to me and I'm (laughs) listening to the book and this is so freaking exciting. I made myself (laughs) laugh with a couple of the lines too, like, because you hear them out loud and you're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, the people have learned to listen to us ramble long enough. We are talking today about, um, the book slash movie Gone Girl. Yes. And the Scott Peterson case. Or yep. should I say Lacey Peterson case? Because yeah. now I when I first saw the previews for Gone Girl, I had not read the book at this point, but the previews for it immediately drew me in to where I went out and bought the book immediately because I yeah. wanted to read it before I watched it. Yes. And that's why I have been putting it off for so long. Nicole read the book. She told me all about it. She's like, you have to read it. She's like, forget about the movie. Read the book. The book is so much better. So I've been like trying not to watch the movie and I still haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say the movie did a very good job. Um, yeah. obviously a, a movie is never the same as the book Correct. but they did a very good job because Gillian Flynn who wrote it and is immensely talented uh, she wrote the screenplay so the oh, okay. author herself that's awesome so I think that's a, a big thing when I read it when I watched the movie I, I loved loved the story thought it was fantastic and time went by and you know it was one of those things that was in the back of my head But then I started watching a documentary about the Scott Peterson case. Yeah. And there were so many elements about it that I'm like, something about this just seems familiar to me. And I can't place what it is. Yeah. And then it struck me that, oh, my gosh, it reminds me so much of Gone Girl. And I did a Google search on it. And when Jillian Flynn was writing her character of Nick Dunn and Amy Dunn and what happened, she based a lot of the beginning part of the book on the Scott Peterson case. Okay. So, so today we're going to talk a little bit about both and how they were similar and where they were different. Okay. All righty. So to get started, Scott and Lacey Peterson lived in Modesto, California, while our characters, Amy and Nick Dunn, lived in North, I'm going to say this wrong, Carthage, North Carthage, Missouri. I think that's right. I'm I'm sorry if I messed it up. (laughs) Nick was a writer and Amy wrote personality quizzes for a magazine, but she also had a huge trust fund because her mother, who was also a writer, penned the amazing Amy children's books that were inspired by Amy herself. That's the 
Gone Girl book. Yes. Okay. Yes. That this is the Gone Girl part. Um in the book, the recession hits and yep. both of them lost their jobs. And that's when they moved from New York to Missouri. Yeah. Where they used the rest of Amy's trust fund to buy a bar that Nick ran with his sister Margot. Yeah. While he also worked as a uh, professor at a local college. Um, Scott and Lacey's story kind of goes in the reverse of that a little bit. They owned a cafe, but then sold it okay. uh, and then moved to, to Modesto. Lacey worked part-time as a substitute teacher while Scott worked as a salesman for Trade Corp USA. Okay. Scott isn't a twin. He has a sister named Anne and a brother named John. It will also be noted that Scott, in his parents' eyes, is very much the golden boy. Of like, course he is. He could do no wrong. Um, so much so that at the trial, and yes, we're going to get to the trial and everything, when his parents stood up to say, you know, the victims are allowed to stand up and speak. They spoke about basically the wrong being done to Scott and did not speak about their daughter-in-law or their grandbabies. Their grand, their grandbaby. Yeah. They didn't mention them at all. They just talked about Scott. So, Right off the bat, we know this is going to give big narcissist vibes because yeah. that's, because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so many of these people, like there's, it's it's rough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. What did we say we were going to name this? Stacy's narcissist. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> oh well. Okay, so back to Gone Girl. Amy Dunn. And here's a correlation that I'm pretty sure Jillian Flynn did on purpose. Amy Dunn went missing on her and Nick's wedding anniversary, while Lacey Peterson went missing on Christmas Eve. Okay. So in both cases, there's, you know, there's a holiday involved. In Gone Girl, the house was staged to look like there'd been a break-in. Yes. Furniture was overturned. There were traces of blood here and there. But the cops picked up that it looked staged because while furniture was flipped, things like picture frames that would have fallen over if there was any kind of struggle were still sitting upright. So they noticed right off the bat that something about this didn't ring true. In Lacey's case, there was no signs of a struggle anywhere. Yeah. The way that the story of that day goes that, you know, Scott said and neighbors can kind of confirm is that Lacey took the the family dog out for a walk. Shortly after that, a neighbor saw the dog wandering around with its leash, leash still on, but Lacey was nowhere in sight. The neighbor got the dog and put it in the backyard but left the leash on it. So that's how Scott found the dog. Um, it wasn't Scott 
who reported Lacey missing, but Lacey's stepfather, when nobody had any idea, like she was, they were supposed to go over to Lacey's parents' house that night for Christmas. Yeah. And she was just gone. She just vanished. So it was her family and not her husband that actually reported her missing. Which is pretty sus right there. Yeah. You're now at this time, Lacey was eight months pregnant. So your eight month pregnant wife vanishes walking the dog and we don't immediately call the cops. Like what if what if she was having she was in labor somewhere along the walk path? You know, we whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's crap. He's a liar. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Okay. So, in the movie Gone Girl, Amy, Amy keeps a diary that the police use through the investigation. Lacey did keep a diary, so that could be where Jillian Flynn got that. However, it was specific to her pregnancy. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to show now, you know, I'm I'm craving this. I'm feeling the baby kick. So it wasn't anything that the police could use to help their investigation along at all. Did you hear that? That was really loud. No, I did not hear that. <laughs> it's really loud thunder outside. <laughs> um uh again, it didn't help the investigation, but as I said, Lacey was eight months pregnant with what would be the first child for her and Scott. And they already knew it was a little boy and he'd already been named Connor. So yeah, as far as the family was concerned, this was already a little man who was very, very loved in both the movie and real life. The husbands of the missing women are questioned extensively. I mean, in a missing spouse case, that's, pretty much always the first thing that happens is right the spouse is going to be the the main person person of interest yep in the movie nick played by ben affleck states the facts as they are known to him this is what happened this is what happened you know plain and simple straight to the point if you look and you can you can look these up at the um the tapes of scott being questioned Every question that they ask him, he goes into these very long, very detailed answers. Like he's trying to account for every second of every minute, almost too much. You know, they're asking questions like he said that he, he, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Scott's story was that he had said he was going to go golfing. Okay. And he had to go to his office, which also had like storage in it for him, to pick up his equipment. And then he was going to go golfing. He was going to check his emails, answer the calls, go golfing. He got there and decided instead of going golfing, he was going to go fishing. Okay. Yeah. So he hooked up his boat, grabbed his equipment, took it out to the water, went out there, was only out there for 30 minutes because he realized he didn't have the right lures, came back in, did everything in reverse, you know, yada, 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 on with that. Yeah. But as he's telling this, he's going into, like, 
extensive detail about, you know, well, I was going to put this tool I got for Christmas together, but I decided not to do that. And like your wife is missing. And this is these are the details you're thinking of. Yeah. You're not going to be like, what does any of this matter? You like, just find my wife. Like, right. I was out fishing. I don't know where she is. We're wasting time. We should be out there looking for it. But instead, he's going into these long, drawn-out answers. Again, very suspicious. Um, so that's where Scott was that morning. He was he was out on the boat, and I will say, the boat, the water that he was out on that morning, is also the same body of water that. Lacey and Connor's bodies would later be recovered in. That's. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's not good for you, dude. <laughs> That's the big red flag. Whereas in Gone Girl, Nick walks down by the water that morning he's he's doing some thinking it's his anniversary that's the moment he decides that he's going to ask amy for a divorce later that day and then he goes to the bar to talk to his sister a neighbor calls and says there's a disturbance at his house i think the door or something the door was, was open, open and the cat was on the porch that's yes. i got to that part <laughs> there you go so and that's that's where he was at the time that's another difference yeah. uh, nick and amy had a cat Lacey and Scott had a dog. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's where they were at the time that things went missing. Now, both the real and the made-up couples were having financial issues. Yeah. Nick and Amy had both lost their jobs. They both moved to Missouri. Scott and Lacey were living well beyond their means. Like, yeah. they were in crushing debt at that point. So, you know, that always adds to the the tension, I think, yeah. in a relationship. And did either one have a life insurance policy? Uh, well, I know Nick had one on Amy. That comes out in <laughs> Gone Girl. I'm not sure if Scott had one on Lacey. I, I haven't seen that. Any- Hold on. I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> uh, okay. So I just looked it up. Yeah. The Petersons took out a life insurance policy on June 25th, 2001, a year and a half before Lacey's disappearance. So there you yes, go. he absolutely did have a life insurance policy on her. Unfortunately, there's this little thing about if you kill the person, you don't get the money. Right. So right. sorry. But they never think that they're going to get caught. Yeah. Again, it's a narcissist thing. I'm so clever. No one will ever catch me. Yeah. Not I actually clever. posted about a narcissist yesterday. What's that? I didn't see it. Oh, just bitching. <laughs> That's all. I hardly ever do it, but I needed a little venti vent. <laughs> a little venti vent. Yeah. Anyways. But anyways, okay. Okay, so where were we? Um, so in in Gone Girl book slash movie, search parties are set up where people come out and try to help find Lacey, bringing yeah. food, supporting in any way, doing what they can. You mean finding Amy? You said Lacey. Oh, I did. I did. Excuse me. <laughs> Finding Amy. Yeah. Um, photos and stories emerge from these gatherings of Nick not acting 
how people deem appropriately in these situations. Like, he isn't grieving or worried enough. And I mean, everybody does grieve differently. Exactly. really do. But to some extent, there are going to be breakdown moments. Yeah. And I, the also, the thing is, like, this part in particular, I, I wouldn't fault somebody because at yeah. that part, you don't know. Yeah. You're worried for sure, but you're still remaining hopeful. Like, if you didn't harm this person in right. any way, you're trying to keep it together. You're being hopeful. You know, I can't say how I would react. Yes, right. like you said, I'm going to break down for sure. But also, I think in some ways your armor has to be in place because you have to put your foot in front of the other because you don't know. You don't know you're being hopeful. You want to be out there. You want to be proactive to find them. Yeah. And then you have your breakdown moments. So right. I, I don't fault people for, oh, they don't look like they're grieving enough because that's that's not my place to say. Yeah. I know with me, I have been around so much death. Yeah. I've lost a lot of close people. I've had mm-hmm. to go non no contact with people. So I do have a pretty... <laughs> hard exterior that I can kind of shut my emotions down. Yeah. And so I know that some people would be like, well, she's not feeling this. But like, <laughs> really inside, I'm a screaming hot mess. <laughs> See, and I'm just the opposite. When I'm uncomfortable, when I'm tense, I make inappropriate jokes. Like, yeah. that's that's my thing. I, I It's my defense mechanism is I yeah. try to you know, I protect myself through humor. So yeah. yes, I could absolutely see myself like making an inappropriate joke or laughing awkwardly. Like that's, that's who I am. And it's, it doesn't mean that I don't feel things. It's just me coping. Yeah. So yeah, I see that. Well, and this is the part specifically between Scott and Nick that they perfectly cast Ben Affleck for this. Because Ben Affleck is, he's an attractive guy, but he can come off as kind of smug sometimes. Yes. And that is absolutely the same energy that Scott Peterson has. Okay. Sure, he was an attractive guy, but he really came across as smug. And there would be, you know, half smiles that he would give, stuff like that, that you it almost comes across as a little bit swarmy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you're like, mm, that kind of makes me want to punch you in the face. Cause I think you think you're, you're getting one over on me. You know, the kind of person I'm talking about. Yes. Um, and Ben Affleck in the movie, somebody while he's there and in the, the book, this is in there too. Somebody takes a picture with him and he's like, I smiled in that picture. I probably shouldn't have done that. Hey, can you delete that picture? And then it becomes a big thing because he's worried. Oh, I hit my mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he He's worried about how others are going to perceive him. And that absolutely really kind of gives you an insight into Scott. Yeah. Whereas in Scott's situation, when they had these same gatherings and search parties for Lacey, one of the detectives on the case claims that he walked in and somebody had brought barbecue because 
people are always bringing food to these things and that scott called him over with a big old smile and is like oh this is so good you've got to try it so yeah that's one of those moments where you're like yeah Yeah. i know you're worried but tone it down a little bit (laughs) (laughs) we're not at a barbecue exactly remember like have i had food so good that i momentarily forgot where i was yes yeah (laughs) but i know in that situation i probably won't be eating no and if i am it's just and done like shoveling it in so quickly so i could be done in those situations it would be where somebody has to remind me yeah to eat because i i won't be it's yeah plain and simple that's it's the farthest thing from my mind maybe the barbecue was really good i don't know (laughs) (laughs) okay so in gone girl there is a character that is basically molded to be like a nancy grace kind of character where she does these news broadcasts and she's just tearing Nick apart for everything that he does and says. Yeah. Well, the real Nancy Grace went for Scott's throat in the very same manner. There was a media frenzy surrounding this case. Uh, Scott Peterson was the most hated man in the country and Nancy Grace was completely leading that charge. Like, yeah. uh, just, I will also say that she led the charge against Jody Aries. So, <laughs> <laughs> do I approve of her methods? Not necessarily. She is a pretty good judge of character, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, these attacks from the media become frenzied in real life and in the movie and book, and they get ramped up even more so. When it's revealed that both Scott and Nick were having affairs. So oh, that part. Shit. Yes. That part is carried. She, Jillian Flynn took that completely from real life. Nick was working as a college professor and had a 15th month affair with a student by the name of Andy who truly loved him and believed that the two of them were going to be together. Because, yes. <laughs> because that's a thing. He Andy never le- leaves the wife. Now. She'll Andy, kick him out. She'll kick never. him out before he'll leave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy later goes on television to out her relationship with Nick to the world. Okay with amy's parents by her side yeah very dramatic moment well as that is a very dramatic moment the real life situation for scott is even more dramatic scott had affairs prior and Lacey had found out about some of these affairs and that was like an issue between the two of them okay but when Lacey went missing he had started up a relationship with a woman named Amber Fry. Amber is a true badass, and I admire her greatly for how she handled this. Because she didn't know that Scott and Lacey 
were together and married. She truly didn't know that they were she together. She truly didn't know, and you're going to okay. find out how I can how I can justify that here in a minute. When the two of them were starting things up, Scott had told Amber that this was going to be his first holiday season without his wife. And he told her this before Lacey went missing. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's your premeditation right there. Okay. Yes. Um, Suspicious is all shit. Without his wife, meaning like they got a divorce? Like, was there more to that? Like, I think did he, he say- kind of hinted that she was dead. dead? Yeah. Okay. He also didn't bring up the baby at all. Like, no kid. Yeah, he didn't say, I have a kid. He didn't bring up any of that. Okay. Amber and Scott attended Christmas parties that she had been invited to together. And there's photographs of them. He's in a Santa hat smiling. She's sitting on his lap. They're being all cute and cuddly. In her mind, these two are, they're starting a relationship. Like, they're, they're building something. When Lacey went missing, Scott was attending the search parties and the candlelight vigils for her, and he knew his time was occupied. So how did he justify this to Amber? He was out of town. Not only was he out of town, he was out of the country. (laughs) He was was traveling out of the country for business. But he, she didn't watch the news? During this part, she hadn't seen it on the news. Okay. But she was starting to get suspicious. Like something seemed off. Okay. So she had kind of a feeling and she fucking ran with it. She had a friend of hers who was a cop. And she's like, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you just do a search on the name Scott Peterson and let me know what you find? her friend did and he (laughs) called her and he was like you need to go to the modesto police department immediately and why when i say amber's a badass because she fucking did good she fucking did she went to the cops she told them who she was what had been going on what scott had told her now she realizes that his wife is missing and she's like he fucking told me this was his first holiday season without her she told them everything good job um they they listened to her story and then they said hey would you mind letting us tape your conversations with scott and she went absolutely let's do it so they were setting up the equipment to tape these calls and as the police are there as they are setting up the equipment scott fucking calls right then of course so she's talking to him and the cops are in the room like this is what i say she's a badass yeah (laughs) she's like but she played dumb the whole time because that's the thing is he thought he was smarter than her right excuse me and you listen to these calls and he's he talks down to her, you know, he's, he talks, oh, baby, it's, you know, it's, how are you? How you doing? Like, he, he Ugh. plays her in a very big way, like, thinking she's dumb. And all the while, she's standing there with the cops and, like, 
he thinks she's he's playing her and really she's, she's the one playing, playing him. him. Yeah. And I love it. I am here for it. Um, so by the time the case went to court, they had hours and hours of these Fuck. conversations. Yes. Um, she did eventually have to make a, a press conference, kind of like what happened on Gone Girl. But the reason she had to do it when she did was because one of the tabloids had found that picture of her and Scott at the Christmas party. Okay. And they went to the Modesto police and they said, we're going to run with this story. We're just giving you a heads up. And the Modesto police said, we can't let this spiral out of our control. We have to maintain control of the narrative here. Yeah. So they talked Amber into making her statement, uh, which she did. Uh, she admitted to their relationship. She gave her condolences to Lacey's family. She made sure people knew knew that she had no idea that he was still married or anything when they, you know. Yeah. Started there. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this press conference happened. And again, I told you Scott thinks he's smarter than her. Yeah. He fucking called her after the press conference to tell her how proud he was of her for doing that and how hard he knows it must have been for her. Uh Go fuck yourself, dude. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Oh, I hate people like him. Uh Oh, so much. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you. That must have been so hard. He makes me want to vomit. Like, yeah. He yeah. no, he makes me want to fucking throat punch him. <laughs> and exactly. kick him in his balls and just ooh, push him on the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry, I rage <laughs> against people with narcissists nar- who are narcissists. <laughs> yes. And that's this guy in a huge way. Um as I said before, it was very well known that Lacey was pregnant at the time of her disappearance. In Gone Girl, it comes out in a far more dramatic way. There's a candlelight vigil going on. One of the neighbors is screaming out, Nick, where's your wife? What did you do to her? Where's your six-week pregnant wife? It's a very dramatic moment yeah. for cinema. Uh, it didn't play out that way. Everyone knew she was pregnant. One interesting note. Now, Andy in the movie, young college student, didn't have any ties to her. Amber Fry in real life did have a two-year-old son. Okay. Yeah. So there are people that believe Scott Peterson is innocent. And they... One of their things that they say is, why would Scott harm Lacey and their unborn child if the woman he was having an affair with had a child of her own? And the chi- the, the answer there is very fucking easy, if you yeah. think about it. Not he his child. No, not his child. And he had no intention of being with Amber long term. Right. He wasn't in love with her. No. Pardon me for being crass, but he was fucking her. That was it. Yep. Like the... He didn't love her. He could push her aside. There was yes. no legal ties there. Yeah. 
he didn't want to be with Lacey because she was pregnant and it was going to tie him down even more. Even more than they were already tied down with their debt, their crushing debt. So he didn't he didn't want to be with Amber. She was just somebody to stroke his ego at the time. You know, somebody that desired him. He didn't want to be a father to her child. That's bullshit. He wanted to be the victim in all of this. Yep. That's how narcissist brains work. They are the victim. Yes. And that's that's how they want. They want you to think that they are the victim. And in that, with the people thinking that he never did this, he is getting what he wants. He is the true victim here. Exactly. Yeah. And his parents believe that. Right. His parents think that he's the victim. That right there. The fact that they did that. They created him to be the Mm -hmm. narcissist that he is. Mm-hmm. completely and i'm like fed into pointing it. at you <laughs> i know i'm really glad that we're not together because i'm pretty sure i would have got stabbed just now a little bit um and i, I realize i'm kind of giving away spoilers to this whole thing that he does stand trial for the the, the crime i don't yeah. think that's really too much of a surprise for anyone no i mean this was very publicized yes. i remember this case Quite it a wasn't bit. that long ago, so. Well, I mean, it was 2004. Yeah. See, that's not that long ago. Shut up, I'm old. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I was in high school then. <laughs> um, I was I was married by then. <laughs> I mean, two years later, you had your first child. Yeah, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, 2004? Yes, you're right. Two years. I thought you said 2003. Um. Okay, so Scott does stand trial, but in both the film and reality, there were other potential suspects that popped up along the way. In Gone Girl, it's hinted at a rundown mall where people that were made homeless by the recession or drug addicts. Yeah. You know, kind of a, um, oh my God, what do they call it? Uh, skid row. It's kind of a skid row kind of thing. That's where... And Amy had been spotted there at one point looking for a gun. So people were thinking maybe that something happened to her there. But Scott and Lacey, the house directly across the street from them was recently burglarized. And there are some people that thought maybe their house, the Peterson house had been targeted and Lacey walked in on something. And that's what happened there. But again, if Lacey walked in on something, there would be signs of a struggle in somewhere. Yeah. And there's there's no signs of a struggle. So to me, that says she went willingly with whoever this was. Who better to go willingly with than your own husband? Right. But again, the Scott Peterson supporters like to think that the thieves had something to do with it. Um, in Gone Girl, a luminol test shows blood all over the kitchen that someone attempted to clean up. The The police in Modesto found nothing like that anywhere. There were case, there were reports that some of the people that walked into the house said, oh, it smelled like bleach. But there was others that said, no, it didn't. So even that, there was not really any basis behind it. Yeah. 
So around that time, the Modesto police are starting to get desperate because they have they have nothing to go on. So they and decided nobody. they have no body. They have yeah. no no nothing to go on at all as to where Lacey and Connor are. So they start searching the San Francisco Bay and the Berkeley Marina, which is the same body of water that Scott went fishing in that same day. While they're doing these dives and searches, Scott would often pop in like he was looking for updates, but he didn't talk to any of the cops. He would just kind of watch, stand there and watch, and then leave. And the only reason anybody knows that he was there at all is because his phone pinged in those locations. So if your argument is that you're there looking for updates. Why aren't you getting an update? Why aren't you walking down to the water's edge and being like, hey, have you guys found anything? Have, you know, is right. there anything at all? Anything I can do? But you're just sitting in your car or standing there like a creeper watching. That's, again, very suspicious. Now, all right, I'm, there's about to be a really big spoiler for Gone Girl, and I'm really, really sorry it's about okay. this. <laughs> At this point in the book in the movie, we learned that Amy isn't dead. Right. I okay. already knew that. Actually. Okay, good. <laughs> and around this time is where the similarities between the, stu- the two stories just veer right. in completely different directions. Because Amy completely set. Everything, everything up. up. Yes. yes. I um, did know that. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, sadly for Lacey, I wish Lacey would have set this whole thing up. I right. really fucking do, but she didn't. In April of 2003, four months after she went missing, the body of baby Connor was found in the San Francisco Bay. And the very next day, Lacey's body was found about a mile away. Okay. Four days later, Scott was arrested. Now, it should be noted that by the time he was arrested, he had dyed his hair blonde. He had his brother's driver's license on him, and he had $15,000 in cash on him. What does that look like to you? Running. Yeah. Completely gonna fucking run. Yep. That's, That's what it looks like to me, too. He claimed that he was meeting his dad and his brother at a golf course and was going to give the $15,000 to his dad because apparently something had happened that his mom had accidentally put the money in his account or something like that. Bullshit. And he was giving it back. Like, it's horse shit. He was going to run. He was absolutely going to run. But yes, he, he claimed that. Well, I was so recognizable at the time. I dyed my hair so people, you know, wouldn't see notice me on the street. Okay. Right after their bodies were were buried, you decided to color your or uh, discovered you decided to yeah. color your hair. Nope. Okay. Um. Now this next part is kind of grisly. So. This has to do with the baby and Lacey. If, if people are squeamish at all, you might not want to listen to this part. Uh, just skip ahead 10, 20 seconds. Go with 30 to be safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connor wasn't in Lacey's body anymore. Right. He also, he was in much better condition than Lacey was. 
And there are some people that are like, you know, well, somebody had Connor and that's why he was in better condition. And, you know, her body was dumped and then his body was dumped in the same place later on, which makes no fucking sense to no. me. But that's not what happened. His, he was not cut out of her. She also, when the autopsy was done, she didn't give birth before she died. There was no traces of that. Yeah. Nor did she have a postmortem coffin birth which actually is a thing and it's fucking horrifying i did not know that but it can happen in no way shape or form did she deliver this baby so how did he end up outside of her this is pretty gross i'm gonna be as respectful Mm -hmm. about it as i can keep in mind Lacey was in the water for four months yeah in water bodies decay rapidly rapidly yeah Connor was inside her when she went into the water. So think a bit of it as if you put something in a suitcase and then threw the suitcase in the water. It's going to be somewhat protected at first because the suitcase is protecting it. But eventually the suitcase is going to come apart. Yes. And then the elements can get to whatever's inside. So that's basically what happened is... When her body broke down, then Connor yeah, broke up. free. So it's very, very gruesome, but that's that's how that happened. On November twenty, or excuse me, on November two thousand four, Scott was found guilty of first degree murder of Lacey and second degree murder of baby Connor. Yes. At that time, he was sentenced to death. From two thousand five to twenty twenty. His attorneys have filed countless appeals. Uh, They've claimed ineffective counsel, jury misconduct, doubts about expert witnesses, literally anything they can think of to try to get a retrial. Yep. In August 2020, the California Supreme Court, wow, I I spelled Supreme in a atrocious (laughs) way. I was typing fast and I spelled it S U P R E M E M. Supremum. Supremum. The Supremum Court. They overturned his death penalty because of jury mis- misconduct. Yep. However, in December 2021, he was resentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Yes. But he's and not on, on dis- death row anymore. No, he's just in there for life. Yep. And then not too long ago, December 2022, Judge Anne Christie Masula dismissed Scott's latest request for a new trial, parking his ass in prison for life right where he belongs. Yep. And that's that's where he is right now. And hopefully he fucking stays there and rots because I think he will. Now yeah. that they have no parole. No. Yeah. For me, it's the fact that he was out on the same body of water that she was found in that day. There's just, I don't see how you can argue that in any way, shape, or no. form. No. You decided you were going to go golfing. You decided, oh, I'm not going golfing. I'm going to that water. And you were only out there for 30 minutes. Yeah. No. That's enough time to dump a body. That's not even enough time to fish. Nope. 30 minutes? What You tell me what man goes out and fishes for 30 minutes after right. getting the boat out and right. hooking oh, it I'm up. Oh, I'm just going to stay on the fucking lake. Yeah. 
And if you're going to fish and fish and just say, oh, I didn't have the right lures. I'm just going to fish all day. I don't care if I catch anything. That's what fishing is. Yeah. (laughs) It's not called catching. It's called fishing. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) And most of the time when guys go out to fish, unless you're like a fisherman by trade that you're out there to ring and everything you're mostly out there because that's your relaxation time you're away from people you don't you're just having your set yeah. yeah so you can't tell me 30 minutes and you're like man eh, no never mind right mm-hmm. unless you're yeah. not a true fisher yeah oh and oh this is funny so there was a part of the trial where they tried to prove that there's no way Scott could dump her body without capsizing his own boat. They tried to prove this. Now, Scott's a big dude. You know, he's probably over six foot, 200 pounds. He's a big dude. Well, they didn't have a 200 pound dude to perform this test. So instead, they took a smaller dude and put weights on him that equaled 200 pounds and then tried to have him push something weighing the same amount Lacey would have over the side of the boat. And we're like, see, it's not possible. I was oh, fucking a- what? <laughs> no. Having extra weight tied to you is not the same as being a bigger human being. Exactly. It's just not. Yeah. If you packed enough weight on me to have me balance your husband and then told me to lift something that he could lift with ease. Right. That's not going to work. Right. (laughs) I'm probably not going to be able to lift much of anything at that point. No. Yeah. No, because you're already lifting more weight. Yeah. Yeah. So even the judge in that case was like, Okay, that was fucking stupid. We're yeah, going to dismiss that because <laughs> that's fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the comparison between Gone Girl and the Scott Peterson case. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Now Thank I really you. need to like finish that. You well, do. I won't feel bad that I have to return it in the allotted time that I have. And then I can get it again when <laughs> well, my it's schedule a very good book. up. <laughs> um. That is one of those books that when I cracked it open, and I love this, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's just euphoric to me. When you open a book and crack it open and it speaks to your soul in a way that you can't put it down, you're just like, lose all track of time. I love that. And that's what I did. I was cleaning because we were just getting ready to get the cat and like needed things picked up, put away. Like... Just entirely. I got rid of five bags of garbage. (laughs) Like, I shouldn't say garbage. It was just stuff we did not need anymore. Stuff that I've been hanging on to. That it's just like, okay, it's time to actually get rid of it now. I have an excuse now. Let's just clear the clutter. So I had put the book. I got it on audiobook from the library. Put it in. Turned it on. And I think I got like four or five chapters in. And that's where I was like, this is really good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is. It's so good. Yeah. I think I was reading that when I got it. I still had a treadmill when I when I was reading it. And I cracked it open on the treadmill. And I was just walking and reading. And I looked down. I'd been walking for like two hours. And I'm like, oh, probably, <laughs> probably get off the stop. treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> you got good workout that day. <laughs> I did. I did. 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. So that's what we have for today. Do you have any idea what your next one's going to be? My next one is going to be the movie Tag. Oh, yes. That's right. We talked about that. That's going to be fun. That'll be a fun one. I'm really excited because uh, Jeremy Renner is in it. I love him. Um, The dude from New Girl. Nick. Which one? Nick. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Oh, my God. I can't think. It was Nick Miller and Jake something. Jake Johnson? Hold on. I'm Googling it. I love him. And I love Jeremy. So. Yes. Jake Johnson. Yes, Jake that's Johnson. his name. Yeah. So I will say Nick Miller's kiss with Jess, a new girl, is still by far the best kiss scene I've ever seen in any show or movie. That's. Yes. I love them. I like wish they were together in real life. I know. Me too. The <laughs> um, way he grabbed her and it was just like, okay. <laughs> rewind rewind (laughs) (laughs) um then there was uh the guy from the office isn't it as well but there's so many guys from the office which one andy andy bernard oh okay yeah i can't remember his name he was in um oh fucking hell (sighs) hangover Yes, yes, yes. So I'm pretty excited to watch it because I think it's just going to be freaking hilarious. Ow, I just hit my head on my mic. <laughs> We're doing great things today. Yeah. and Well, that'll be a lot of fun. I've already done some of the research, so I know what's going to kind of happen, but I'm excited this to watch it. This will be a fun one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I suppose I should do something lighthearted because my last two ones that I've researched both were murder cases. Yeah. But that doesn't sound like me at all. It doesn't, no. <laughs> You'll probably find some comedy murder. <laughs> I should. <laughs> oh my gosh. You this is that? funny. I'm oh, sorry. Like, I saw that. It got really bright in your face all of a sudden. I I can't even remember what my husband and I were talking about. We, we were joking about like, you know, when you jokingly say to somebody, I'm going to kill you. It was, yeah. it was a joke. But. I said that to him and he was like, that's right. And nobody would ever find my body. (laughs) And I was like, that's right. Because Lake Jessup has the most gators in all of central Florida. And I know gators like marshmallows. (laughs) He was like, Jesus. (laughs) So now it's kind of become a joke. Secrets. Yeah. On air. (laughs) Now I can never kill anybody because now everyone will know. Sorry guys. Um, yeah, so now it's just become a joke in our house of, you know, gators like marshmallows. Yes. <laughs> and I learned I that to from... say, if you killed somebody, I might have to kill you because you're my person and, like, I need you, so. <laughs> it's just going to set off a string of events. It that... will. Yeah. It will. So it's probably safe I just don't kill anybody and yeah. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Not that I ever would. Okay, so as we wrap up, a reminder to everyone to message us on Facebook yes. about which kitty name you like better, yes. Chester, Chester or, or Floyd. Floyd. And there is a right answer. Say there Floyd, is a right say answer. Floyd, say Floyd, say Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> we need Floyd. That was Floyd. My, my daddy's favorite band. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So see, go for the sentimental part there. Yes. There's no sentimental part the other way. And it sounds like Chester Cheeto. (laughs) 
if he was an orange cat, Chester would make sense, but he's not. He's so. not. But that's where Scott loved. Like, Scott and I grew up listening to Linkin Park. So, I get it. What about I Lincoln? Do. Lincoln's cute. I would totally do Lincoln. Well, there you go. Let's Okay, so now we're going to change it to everybody <laughs> listening. Do we like Chester? Do we like Floyd? Or do we like Lincoln? Yeah, I like Lincoln. I like Lincoln. Okay. You could call him Link. That would be cute. <laughs> Love it. All right. So stay tuned for further um, exploits of Bowie and Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> and until next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Mimesis. If you enjoy this podcast, by all means, tell your friends about it and give us a review on whatever platform you listen on. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. <laughs>